c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fat, French, and Fabulous. I'm Jessica. And I'm still Janelle. We continue to be Jessica and Janelle, and we're very proud of that. It's weird. It's almost like our identities are constant, mostly because at this point, I can't afford to change my name, even (laughs) if I wanted to. I have many names. Oh, yeah. I'm just basically living on tap water and ramen. (laughs) New York City's great. Oh, I bet. I bet. Uh, it's fun because you move here for the food and then you can't afford to eat ever. <laughs> you just yeah. steal pizza from the rats and then you cry. <laughs> and the rats, they're tough. Sometimes you go to bed hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Like, people, like, before you move to New York, like, everybody tries to freak you out because they're jealous and they're like, oh, the rats will be mm. as big as, you know, small dogs. No, that's that's not really accurate. They're the size of bears, actually. <laughs> They're like giant, a small bear, <laughs> long-tailed bears. They're absolutely horrifying. Yeah, people I really don't like, even understand how horrifying the rats are. No, no, they're they're horrific. Especially if you like, if you grow up in a province that claims to be rat-free mm. and has a fun little rat hotline you can call to report the rats. Um, <laughs> if you called, like, there's a there's a hotline here in New York City you can call to report anything that you feel needs reporting. Uh, it's 311 in case you're ever in the New York City yep, yep. metropolitan area and you need to report shit. Um, if you call to report a rat, I'm pretty sure they will come get you just to check that you're okay. <laughs> you're, if you're reporting rats, you're not fine. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> or if you see a rat that you feel is worth reporting, they're going to, you know, yeah. scientists will come. <laughs> if you see a rat in New York City that you feel is especially noteworthy... <laughs> It's yeah. probably a new species. Just, just, just you like an especially interesting rat. It's probably the beginning of uh, the the b- beginning of Dishonored, which is a whale punk. Um, what the fuck is whale punk? It's it's basically like sci-fi set in like a vaguely a- Age of Sails like whaling setting, and the major plot is just that like this is not a giant genre. plague rats are are killing everybody. This is this is a genre. There's more than one work in this category. There's at least two that I know of. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> two is a genre. That's it. It's a ver. It's it's a bit niche. It's a bit niche. In any case, this is the start of of the rat apocalypse, and notably. The world has already had more than one rat apocalypse. <laughs> you mean the plague? Yeah, yeah. The plague the, the that plague. wiped out like one seventh of Europe. Basically. I mean, the germs are equally to blame as the rats. I mean, like, the rats do not hold the moral blame, one, because they're rats, but two, because, like, it wasn't exactly them who were spreading it. It was. I mean, like, it was. At some point, it stopped being the rats and it started being the, like, corpses left in the open streets. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, weird superstitions <laughs> and yeah, touching the, corpses. The rats got it started, but they did not keep it going. And, like, they suffered mightily as well. Like, and, and like, the fleas also have some, some, some explaining to do. It was also because, like, back then when you got sick, people were like, all right, you're sick. Here's what we do we close all the windows and we never bathe. Mm hmm. That won't keep yeah. us alive. There's also it will a mass. Not. It will not. It will not. It will kill you faster. 
Um, <laughs> like there, yeah, like that. That comes all like, and there was of course the miasma theory of disease, where it's just like, which is what they thought that bad smells cause disease, which is like you can kind of understand what they mean because like they're figuring out that diseases can be airborne but like they don't know what microbes are so they the the theory they come up with is that there's something in the smells Um, so as soon as your kid turns like hits puberty 12 13 you're just like out 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 disease carrying demon you are filled with sickness (laughs) patient zero get out (laughs) that is the appropriate response to a 13 year old by the way yeah so just get them as far away from you as possible basically it's it's for your own good it might even be for their own good it's for their own good 12 year olds 13 year olds actually any they don't belong in society middle schools should be secure facilities where you go in when you're 12 and they do not let you out until you're like 15 it's when you're safe yeah you kind of learn how to be a person at that age you're from 12 to 15 nobody needs to see you or speak to you or hear anything you have to say yeah like you can just go through your like whale punk phase in peace (laughs) yeah like there should be no distance between the average junior high and the average nunnery just (laughs) oh (laughs) i was just thinking i wasn't i wasn't concerned about their budding sexuality although that's disgusting i I was just i was was more concerned about the fact they're just not people i mean like teenagers are gross and their urges are also gross but i was mostly talking about like how many nunneries have vows of silence attached Oh, that that I can get behind. Mm. Also, like you find literally all human urges gross. Yeah, like I, I do, I do. Like eating, uh, uh, sleeping, uh. Um, we are recording this at four fifteen Eastern Standard Time, four fifteen a.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. So it's only two in the morning here. I'm the only one of us lives in Eastern Standard Time, but. <laughs> Yeah. Are you only so two hours I, behind me? No, you're three hours behind me. Oh yeah, but I haven't. I just haven't changed my, the the clock on my. Uh, See, it is computer. not two fifteen your time. It's wire. It's one. It's one fifteen. I'm still on Albertan time. I'm but your yeah, podcast so- co-host and your clock. Wee. Yeah, that's what's why I don't know what time it is most of the time because we're not like in constant mental psych like psychic sync. But anyway, I'm, I'm not suggesting. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. telepathy is just the next step in podcasting. Uh, but in any case, I'm not suggesting that we dress up every 13-year-old in a habit and robes. I'm just suggesting that they never talk. <laughs> <laughs> just, just ever. Sh- sh- Nobody wants to hear your political sh- opinion about anything. <laughs> just, just, no. Sh- no, no, no. Sh- yeah. We understand it. Nobody understands you. Nobody Only wants Avril Lavigne understands what you're going through, which is an incredibly <laughs> dated reference that immediately shows my age. I don't know what kids are listening to today. Old. Do kids really, like, turn to Nicki Minaj for emotional support? I, I doubt it. She tells people to toss the, to toss her salad, which I have been informed is a reference to eating out someone's ass. And, um... It was the way, it was the clinical way that you... St- I was like, please, <laughs> please. I was, when, you, when you said that, I was like, I don't want to have to tell Jessica what that is on a live recording. <laughs> I, please don't make me give Jessica the talk. In the middle of a not again, recording. not so again. Thank God, you know what it is. I'm just grateful that you know what it is. Yeah, I've I've had to explain to several people 30 years my senior. So uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Great, awesome. Well, that's that's deeply traumatizing. Um, and on the topic of things that are, I guess, deeply traumatizing, this is this is an awkward segue. This doesn't work at all. Uh, but uh, um, it's it's a Janelle week, which means I pick the topic. Wee! Who's and getting murdered I, this week? Nobody's getting murdered <gasps> this week. We're no putting murder? my incredibly expensive semi-completed master's degree to good use. No. Oh. And yeah, we're we're doing a psychology week. 
Oh, that is fun. We're talking about psych, because if I'm going to pay down this fucking degree until I'm 45 years old, I'm going to goddamn well use it. Might as well get some benefit out of the thing. Master's in clinical. I mean, like, being a clinical psychologist is the, yeah. Just hanging on your wall. Just hanging on your fridge. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna become fully licensed in clinical psychology and then just not do it. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. I'm just that's gonna dream, hang it baby. on the fridge and just go do something else. Yeah, gonna go be a dentist. Yep, yep. Perfect. Should um, be fun. Should be fun. <laughs> so this week we're talking about culture-bound disorders, which are super fun as long as you don't have them or come yeah. from a culture where they're prevalent. Which, like, if you're listening to this. You come from a culture where they're prevalent. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Um, sorry. But uh, culture-bound disorders are syndromes. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty much exactly what they say on the tin. Yeah. There's no real secret to this. S- sometimes your culture fucks you up. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. They're psychological disorders that only exist within one particular culture. Yeah. They tend to be most common in cultures that don't understand or accept mental illness, mm. which is, like, I think most of them at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all the cultures. <laughs> um, like, so, the looks like, I get when I walk down the street without shoes, people are like, why don't you wear shoes? And I'm just like, well, well. <laughs> do, do you need the no, neurological no, explanation? The social There is no reasonable explanation. That's just, you just hate having toes. Yeah, I just, I resent the fact that I have weird lumps on the end of my feet. And uh, I'm just trying to solve that in a way. Uh, because, you know, medical science has not accepted my request to have them amputated. Just tell people you're homeless, Jessica. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just, that's less work. A homeless, gonna, person, less Alfred, a homeless person once saw me walking without shoes and asked if I needed help. <laughs> oh. I make the homeless concerned. <laughs> yeah, you worry everybody. People who have literally no means to help you still want to help you. Because again, like until recently, you lived in a city where it routinely gets colder than Mars. Yeah, yeah. I just, just you know, a man with like wearing like a pair of moccasins who has all of his belongings in a in a grocery cart was just like, you seem like you, you need something's help. wrong with you. You need help. You need help. I need to help you. I need to help you right now. Mm. Jessica, you are placing an undue emotional burden on the local homeless. Please get some goddamn <laughs> shoes on. They have enough problems. They don't need to worry about you too. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because like they'll they'll often talk to me, and it's like eventually I'll catch on and like, oh, you think I'm one of you? Like I I feel included. I finally found my people. <laughs> it is through the grace of your roommate alone that you do not live in a shopping cart. Yeah, probably inside the cart, not yeah. next to it, in it. My roommate, who is an ominous void in the spare bedroom that my landlady refuses to speak of or acknowledge. She won't acknowledge him? Well, he's an ominous void living in the spare bedroom. Oh, I mean, like, he pays his rent on time, so why does she? Why would she worry? Your, your whole life is just a as terrifying long as he's a of Welcome to Night responsible Bell. ominous void. That's what matters. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. We, we go right. Um, so, going back to what we are talking about, uh, speaking of people who are profoundly mentally ill, (laughs) (laughs) every culture has things like depression, schizophrenia, those sorts of things. Like, there's a lot of, if you go on the right kinds of Facebook sites, you get a lot of like, oh, psychology is a first world thing, only, you know, only the rich, only the privileged get mentally ill. No, 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 everybody gets mentally ill. It's not real, man, it's all in your head. Well, yeah, duh. Well, I mean, it is in your head, that's the problem, (laughs) actually. It's the whole, you've got it. If you don't, if you live in a culture that doesn't accept depression or schizophrenia, um, or whatever mental illness that you have, you still have mental illness. You can't just be like, no, 
I don't nope. believe in that. Stop it. It's not um, a thing. So you end up expressing your symptoms in a more culturally acceptable or understandable way. Mm-hmm. So lots of cultures that don't accept mental illness or depression, you see depression in those cultures will come out uh, more physical, right? Because mm-hmm. every culture accepts physical illness. If you break yeah. your leg, there's not a lot of cultures that'll be like, ha, I don't believe that shit. Absolutely not. That didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, you say you can't walk and you have a bone literally sticking out of like out of out of one of your arms. But like, I don't walk think it off. you're sick. I don't yeah, think walk you're it sick. Up. So in cultures that don't accept depression, it's much more acceptable to have migraines or stomach aches or fatigue. Like these sorts of things are more acceptable. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, which is when it's really fun, just a particular aspect of your culture will just rub against the human psyche in a really strange way mm-hmm. and cause entirely new mental illnesses, which is what we're going to talk about today. Wee! So the most obvious example of what we're talking about is that throughout history, a shitload of subcultures will just attribute all mental illness to demonic possession. Or they'll yeah. say that you fucking pissed off one of the gods. Yes. If if you read old religious texts with a copy of the DSM open, you're going to have some serious questions. <laughs> It's not. Yeah. For, like, anybody who was exercised, this is why the church won't do exorcisms anymore. Yeah, just, because they ended up, like... Because at some point they like, were just like, holy shit, we're just abusing the mentally ill. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, like, we probably shouldn't be aiding and abetting, like, the families of people with schizophrenia to abuse their children. <laughs> yeah, because that's the reason they don't fucking work. You don't just yeah. out-demon and these people get better. They're not possessed, but that yeah, was like, that was when you don't have another explanation. I mean, fuck, that's as good as any, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like when most solutions don't work in the first place, it's just like, well, these things aren't falsifiable, so it's just like, well, it's a very strong demon. <laughs> it is. It is one fucking bitch of a demon. You know, you've just got like a mental squatter, and he is not coming out. <laughs> we need more salt and a bigger goat. That's the that's the problem here. That's clearly the solution. <laughs> you just shouldn't have angered the gods so much. <laughs> I don't. I mean, that's what we learned in my first week of clinical psychology class. If you got a really stubborn problem, more bigger salt, bigger goat. goat, bigger, bigger goat. goat, always a bigger goat. There is always a bigger goat. There's always a bigger goat. <laughs> Please refer your kids to me. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna have a very successful practice. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm gonna get reported and have to do this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before, like, if you're listening to this and you're from an English-speaking Western Hemisphere, which is most of our listeners, except for a weird pocket of Japan. Yeah, what the hell, Japanese Japan? listeners? You should. Hello. If our if, if my stats tracking what program is, is correct, we're big in Japan, which is cool. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> come say Austin hi. Austin David Hasselhoff. Um. No, he was big in Gross. Germany. I don't. Never I don't want to be. Yeah, wrong country. Come on, it's Avril Lavigne you're thinking of, actually. Yeah, Avril Lavigne, which is weird. This is now two times she's been mentioned in this podcast, and nobody's talked about her in years. Wow, it's true. She stopped existing in 2015. It was weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's also just a void. Yeah, my roommate is Avril Lavigne. <laughs> oh, how <laughs> Canadian! <laughs> I don't. I don't. I have no words for that one. Good to know, Avril Lavigne pays his rent on time yep he's, he's <laughs> just a very responsible individual at that avril levine i'm gonna get some weird texts from your roommate when this airs <laughs> <laughs> um, but before you get all smug about being from a culture that understands mental illness and has hospitals and shit we have our own oh, anorexia yeah anorexia is a culture-bound syndrome it is like we think of it as a regular mental illness because we're all ethnocentric dickholes, but mm. it's actually something that only exists in cultures that are either westernized or have heavy exposure to westernized cultures. 
because yep. like really cultures who haven't had exposure Television to western is making ideas you sick it your is gra- your grandma was right all along <laughs> cultures that don't have exposure to I mean, westernized ideas she said it made you gay so she wasn't completely right but like spongebob definitely there, made you there gay. was a grain of truth in there <laughs> i just watched spongebob and i was like fuck now i need to scissor a girl i don't know yep. oh my god yep my mom listens to this podcast i need to stop <laughs> you're <laughs> being bad now i didn't <laughs> normally i go for the scissoring joke not See, me, i not drank me. what amounted to a kiddie pool worth of coffee today because holy shit america your portion sizes <laughs> are insane i ordered a large coffee like expecting your normal canadian 12 ounce coffee and they were like no would you like that served in a wash bucket? <laughs> like, I, I mean, a guess. Yeah. And my- then, like, yeah, To but to counteract this bucket of coffee, I started drinking alcohol a couple hours ago. <laughs> so this is going to be a weird podcast. Yes, it's, go- it's going to be strange. We're yeah. doing fun with chemistry in my frontal lobes. Woohoo! It's 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 an experiment, If as long as you record it. So this is what this is. Awesome. Yeah. My, my, my parents occasionally take trips to the States, and they bring back fanciful tales of, of magic and wonder and ci- cinnamon buns the size of a person's head. It's true. Everything here is gigantic. I mean, rats and food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly rats. Mostly rats. Probably because of the food. Everything in New York is large except the apartments <laughs> and your will to live. But yeah, we get this idea that like anorexia is normal because to us it is normal it's part yeah. of our culture uh we don't but, get that it's part of culture but we like, don't understand that it's not the same thing as schizophrenia it's not primarily biological no well debatable but debatable it it, it there's always in a little bit of biology in these things but like, there's always biology in these things yeah. it has i could go into like an elaborate boring explanation about the link between anorexia and serotonin but mm-hmm I want people to find me funny. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's not a lot of good gags about, like, dopamine. No. Not a lot of good <laughs> neurotransmitter humor. There's <laughs> not none of that norepinephrine. <laughs> uh, but basically, cultures that laugh. haven't been exposed to our ideas think that starving yourself to death to look good is the strangest shit they've ever heard of. Oh my gosh, yes. Especially because it stops being about looking good. It's a hard disorder to define, and mm-hmm. it comes from... Uh, there's been really, really depressing studies, actually, on particular islands that got TV looking at their mental illnesses before and after. And, like, islands that never, ever had anorexia got it after they started getting mass amounts of Western television. It's it's culture-bound. So if you're laughing at any of these disorders we're about to talk about, I want you to remember your own culture is fucked and it's trying to kill you. Yep. <laughs> remember that at all times. The television wants you to die. <laughs> Absolutely. There, so there's like a ton of interesting culture-bound syndromes from all over the world, but since this podcast, we try to limit to an hour mm. because I don't know. That's the average commute time in Edmonton, I guess. I don't really know yeah. where we came up with that number. It's, it's definitely not the average of human attention span, but like we're we're just hoping not to bore you. <laughs> I think we're pretty interesting. I don't know. I mean, um, I'm I for one am fascinating. That could be the coffee mike's hard lemonade cocktail talking but (laughs) (laughs) um so i pulled out three of my favorite favorite culture bound syndromes um so the first one is called puppy pregnancy syndrome super fun absolutely delightful disturbing oh yeah (laughs) disturbing we're gonna go with disturbing so this one comes from rural india and it's only been reported in select villages in places whose names i'm about to butcher um Mm. west bengal bihar assam jark Jharkhand, Orissa, and consonants, uh, Chhattisgarh? We're gonna go with Chhattisgarh. I've never heard of consonants, India. 
Yeah, it's just, there's a double H in here, and, like, as a native English speaker, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. More guttural. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, I'm Take sure it from it's the a, back of your throat and go, <laughs> They have delightful cuisine. This is more common, the syndrome is more common in villages with low levels of education for reasons that are going to become very obvious very soon. And this Basic is not like biology. A, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, that's it's going to be a repeat theme here. Um, but to date, there have been like tens of thousands of reported cases. This is not like a niche thing you find in the odd cave here and there. This is something that happens. Wow. And there's actually some dispute about whether this is a culture-bound syndrome or a mass hysteria at this point because of how often it happens. Mm. Um, mass hysterias are equally fun, and I keep threatening to do an episode on them, and I swear to God I will do it at some point. It's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen. And it's going to not- set off like waves, waves of dancing in the street. Probably, and also foaming in the mouth. Okay, every time I mention mass hysteria, you mention how badly you want to start one. (laughs) This is the only thing- It sounds fun, Janelle. The average person's like, mass hysteria, gosh, that sounds awful, and you're just like, (laughs) I will make the people dance. Like, Like, that's all. Well, I mean, like, St. Vitus's dance, which is a type of uh, potentially deadly epilepsy slash mass hysteria- uh, that, that, like, St. Vitus is also the patron saint of comedians. So, like, if half the population of Vancouver dances itself to death, I will need a new co-host. I'm just saying that the Catholics jail. find epilepsy hilarious. And they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> the Catholics. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize this was, like, 20th century be- Ireland. <laughs> I'm going to be getting getting in trouble with my most of my family. <laughs> We're all incredibly Catholic. Yes, you are. Uh, so basically, puppy pregnancy syndrome is exactly what it sounds like. People who have it believe that they have become pregnant with puppies, which sounds delightful, but it's actually life ruining. <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't want this? Um, anybody. Anybody. Specifically, after being bitten by a dog, they become convinced that puppies have spontaneously been conceived in their abdomens. So I guess dogs are a bloodborne illness. I don't know. Mm. I mean, that's always what I heard. Yeah, clearly. That was why my mom said we couldn't get a puppy. Because it will grow its young in your abdomen? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Mom had some strange ideas. Never mind, it's not the poop, it's the integrity of your <laughs> abdominal cavity that I'm concerned about. Um, conceiving puppies is believed to be more common if the dog was sexually aroused at the time that it bit you. How you accurately determine that, I don't really know. <laughs> yep. Just don't get bit by a dog with a boner and you'll be fine. What if you get bitten by a female dog? What are you supposed to do? Ask it? I don't know. I just like, like yeah, excuse me, madam, have you been sexually active in the past 28 days? Oh, sorry. You're you appear to be barking and 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 drooling. Hmm. Is that, do you is that a dog menstrual cycle? Do you really know that off the top of your head? Uh, yeah. Dogs go into heat twice a year. Well, I mean, like I wasn't talking about dog menstrual cycles before, but yeah, they go into heat twice a year. I own a dog, and I don't know that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So don't get don't get bit by sexually aroused dogs. And also, the whole thing like reading this, I was like, Jesus, how often are people getting bitten by dogs in this village? Yeah, no kidding. You guys need fences. I don't know. Holy <laughs> shit, guys! Um, Just stop there's... rubbing yourself in bacon and wandering out into the Indian heat. <laughs> we have the technology to keep dogs out of your yard. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> So, like, puppy pregnancies are not viewed as, like, a whimsical fun time. This is considered fatal. 
Oh. Especially if you're a man, because you don't really have the plumbing to push out a litter of puppies. See, I was going to ask if any men had gotten this. I'm, I'm oh, glad it's mostly you men. had oh, the yeah. forethought to answer this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the whole thing. Like, they think it's going to, like, burst out of your scrotum like alien an alien chestburster. Yeah, it's, it's just going to come rocketing out of your urethra, and then you will bleed to death. <laughs> and this is why our podcast has an explicit label. <laughs> I really, like, contemplated that, too, when I was setting it up initially like do are we explicit content i was like i have definitely definitely said fuck yep at least more than a few times episode and like i should just have an explicit rating on my personal presence like Mm, any room i'm in should not like anyone under the age of 18 should not be allowed in you're (laughs) getting a forehead tattoo for your birthday (laughs) yeah just like you know the parental advisor like per Parental guidance is advised. <laughs> those old parental advisory. Sti- I had, I had, yeah. I put those on things to feel hardcore. Yeah, I'm gonna be the. I'm, I'm gonna look like an Eminem album. Just my eighth grade math <laughs> notebook had a sticker of because I, I would just buy the stickers and put them on things Aww. because I felt badass. Because again, thirteen year olds are not tiny, people. Tiny Janelle, tiny Janelle, tiny, tiny before she tiny developed Janelle into had a human being. Questionable, questionable yeah. decisions. <laughs> But yeah, like, I can understand feeling a bit panicked by that. Like, if I personally thought, like, a puppy was going to, like, burst out of my urethra and, like... And, it like, would I be was cause gonna... for alarm. And I, I was gonna I, bleed to death in I would. I'd be, like, at vi- the very least, somewhat concerned. Irritated, I think. Yeah. Bemused. Bemused? No. <laughs> not bemused. No, that's not the right word. I'd probably that's be hysterical. That's a better word. We're gonna, go, we're gonna go with hysterical. So the victims apparently make barking sounds. They report that they can hear the puppies growling inside their, like, stomachs. Um, and they say that they can see the puppies inside them when they look at water. I've read that on numerous sites. I don't know what it means. I have but no idea. You like, look at water, like- you see puppies inside you. I don't know. Is it like when you're looking at your reflection in the water? Or is it just like every time? It was not clear. If you just like spot rains? a glass of water sitting on yeah, the you counter, like, you're like, oh god! You pour yourself a, a pour yourself a cup of water, and then you're just like f- drawn into fresh hysterics by like impending motherhood. Yeah, maybe it's dehydration is the real killer in this disease. <laughs> Does orange juice work? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to test that. I'm not going to inflict psychological damage on people to find out if orange juice can is a puppy pregnancy test. Janelle Como, I thought you were a man of science. You should go to India, get bitten by a sexually aroused dog, and find this shit out. I will start the grant process immediately. <laughs> So this whole syndrome, like, could be kind of funny, except it actually has, like, of course, tragic and horrifying ramifications, because Mm -hmm. literally everything funny has horrifying, tragic ramifications. Comedy is an expression of the deep existential angst we have at the horror of our own existence. Every time you say angst, I hate you a little bit. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Hey, Janelle. Hey, Janelle. Don't you, don't you fucking dare. Angst. I don't actually know where you live anymore, so I can't even threaten you effectively. This is, this is upsetting. Yes. Um, Finally, freedom. Freedom to say. <laughs> Angst. You're the kind of person who if somebody says, oh, the Chancellor Angela Merkel, you correct them. Every yeah. time. It's Angela. Angela. Actually, it's uh, we're currently recording this on German uh, German Election Day, twenty seventeen. And if you didn't know that, you're the problem. I'm not weird. You're weird. 
You're looking yeah. at a framed picture of Angela Merkel right now. Uh, no, she's to my left, so I'm not looking directly at her. My mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so the problem with having puppy pregnancy syndrome, other than this impending feeling that you're going to die and apparently avoiding water, is that, um, of course, people take advantage of it. So witch doctors in these areas will sell you cures for puppy pregnancy that are equally horrifying and non-scientific. I don't know what they are, but they're supposed to dissolve the puppies inside you, so you just sort of piss oh. them out without noticing. Yeah, you pass them as urine, which is not... It's not how you biology. No. You don't... No. I, I don't understand. Like, does nobody miscarry in these villages? Do they not mm. understand? It's not... Yeah, that doesn't... It's quite... not how this works. No. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently you can take puppy dissolving tablets. I don't know. Oh, man. Um, I remember, yeah. like... Who hasn't taken puppy dis- dissolving tablets at one point or another? I remember like a couple parties. Wow! If some that's lie in in your <laughs> world, if somebody gives you something and says this will dissolve puppies, it's lie. Don't take it. Don't put it in your mouth. Do not. Do Don't. not. Um, you will the problem, fuck up your internal organs. <laughs> you'll die. I think you'll just die. You I don't think die. that's survivable. Your your spleen <laughs> will be soup. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Um, like it just like your ear intestines will be a hearty broth <laughs> gross <laughs> I don't know that hearty was the word I wanted there <laughs> the problem though is that witch doctors will tell people I've always that wanted the, to be a liquid uh, so much help you need so much of it or even better um, a plasma you want to be a state not found on earth yes <laughs> Great. I want to be the sun <laughs> my mother always told me I was I was a star in the sky. Little so did someday, she know my true ambitions. Someday you're going to explode and you're going to take the rest of us down with you. Oh, uh, I, I can only dream of incinerating the planet. All right. Good. <laughs> it's good to have dreams. We're going to be um, together. <laughs> okay. Um you also don't know where I live. <laughs> uh Harlem? Close enough. Uh, witch doctors will tell people that these treatments will fail, these dissolving treatments, if people seek conventional treatment. Oh, which is I a problem bet. Because, like, most people who get puppy pregnancy syndrome are not well. They require psychiatric services, mm-hmm. not because they have underlying psychiatric issues. Most people who get this don't have any underlying psychiatric problems. It's because the fear of puppy pregnancy syndrome, like, literally derails their entire lives. Oh, yes. And the fear of getting conventional treatments means that a lot of people are refusing fucking rabies vaccines after being vit- bitten. Yeah, so like this is actually bad. kill them. Rabies like, will kill you. Like, in case you didn't realize, we there's still no cure for rabies. And like that's another important bit of context here. Rabies makes people afraid of water. <laughs> Does it really? Oh yeah, hydrophobia is a major symptom of rabies. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never had rabies because I'm also still alive. light sensitivity. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I spent way more time than you, I think, in... Uh, in the proximity of bats? Like, how do you know this? <laughs> Rural areas where, like, people know this shit. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I grew up in places where people didn't get rabies, apparently. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the real the real subdivide from, like, real America and the big, big coastal elites. Being rabies. able to list off the symptoms of rabies, apparently. <laughs> Us out-of-touch elites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've, yeah, I bet problem. you've never even. I bet you've never even touched a bat. Never uh, mind, made out with one. It's it's not recommended. Don't do that. In no <laughs> in no county or town or township will they recommend that you make out with bats. Sometimes it's, it's the only girlfriend pretty much you can no get who isn't related to you. That's sad. And now I hate 
being alive. <laughs> so the thing that's kind of keeping this disorder going is that lots of deaths from various infections and diseases just sort of get blamed on puppy pregnancy, which is weird mm. because you think that you would notice if somebody's urethra exploded, but apparently you they, you just die if you get it. So yeah, you'd also presume like somebody got autopsies, but like eh, it's yeah, real India. <laughs> they just blame it on stuff, right? Mm-hmm. People who have a profit motive will just say, "Oh, that guy." Oh, absolutely. Definitely like, dog pregnant. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, people who are preying on vulnerable, poorly educated individuals do not have the kind of scruples that will stop them from, like, blaming Yeah, they don't investigate their died on Died of diabetes of, like, poppy pregnancy. Absolutely. And, like, this is exactly the, the profit incentive they have to, like, warn you off of regular treatment by a regular doctor who might tell you, holy shit, do not take puppy dissolving pills. <laughs> I think that's day one in doctor school. don't do it they just sit you down and they're just like so puppy dissolving pills (laughs) not good for you no next vaccines (laughs) no autism (laughs) we also don't really have time to get into it too much but india is actually the home of several culture-bound disorders and another one that's kind of fun is called dot which is a culture-bound syndrome where men, I don't, I don't understand it, but this is actually found in several cult, like similar versions of this are found in several cultures. Um, this is a syndrome where men come to believe that they are passing semen in their urine, which, like, medically, okay. that's not a thing. You, you can't no. do that. That's not, that's not how that works. Different um, tubes. Th- yeah, there's, there's a whole system of plumbing down there, and that's not how any of that goes. Mm. Um, this comes from the old Hindu belief that semen is a vital fluid of the body. Mm. So the belief is that it takes 40 drops of blood to make one drop of bone marrow, which is literally and actually the opposite of how it works. Yeah. That is, that is actually that. backwards. Um, <laughs> completely. Do not, you can't distill bone marrow out of blood. Don't do it. No. You'll die. It also, the bone marrow does the blood making. Yeah, that's it's pretty important, actually. Yeah. And it takes. they believe that it takes 40 drops of bone marrow to make one drop of semen, which, again, no. no. Absolutely not. Completely semen is a separate, unrelated. it's its own thing. And also, your body just fucking mass produces that shit. Oh, just tons Forever. of semen. You, just have, you have enough semen. You're not going to run out. tons of semen. You, you yeah. <laughs> if you're alive and you feel good, you have enough bo- blood, bone marrow, and semen. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, and if you use up all your semen and your socks, you can make more. Yeah. Semen, not Very socks. Easily. You need you, to wash the socks. You need to wash the socks. You seriously need to wash the socks. This whole disorder is probably the result of a lot of anxiety and guilt in societies that heavily shame masturbation. That's kind mm-hmm. of the... The dot is specific to these Hindu beliefs about vital fluids, but generally these kinds of things are found in societies yeah. that like, don't th- want you to tickle the pickle. This is the approximate uh, cultural equivalent of the uh, the the common Christian belief. Well, it's not that common anymore that if you go hair on your palms, you'll go blind. You'll oh. go blind. The, the oh, hair on your palms thing? is also is also a thing. But like, yeah, like there was like telling your children that they'll go blind if they masturbate used to be like a common thing. Which is funny because every boy figures out that's not true at about 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you tell them that. They're going to find out for themselves. Oh, and yeah, it's not dude. true. Uh, there would just be like a lot of blind 13-year-olds. Just a lot. <laughs> Stumbling around. Just a lot of like little like teenage boys with just dark sunglasses and a cane. <laughs> not stopping though. Absolutely not stopping. And they you don't even still need... be doing it. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to see to find that. You can find that shit in the dark. 
<laughs> you don't need a map. <laughs> oh, God. Um, moving on from child <laughs> masturbation. Um, <laughs> you made it weird. It wasn't We're going me this on time. a watch list. It was. It was still kind of you. <laughs> I'm not the so, one who said the child. Gross. You implied it. No pause. Masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> We're disgusting. Uh, the second thing we're going to talk about is one's husband being at home stress syndrome, which is a very funny name for a very sad social problem. Mm. Um, so one's husband being at home stress syndrome, it's known as shujin zaitaku storesu shogugun because I took six years of Japanese and fuck if that didn't pay off. Yeah. Um, that's the only time I'm ever going to use it. It was. It's simply called retired husband syndrome mm-hmm. um, in common literature. So this is estimated to affect up to 60% of the elderly female Japanese population. So this is now the norm for a certain age group in Japan. This is mm. actually like a huge crushing social problem that's having an enormous effect on Japanese society. Sadness. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's a funny name. That's, that's kind of where the comedy ends with this one. This mm-hmm. is actually just tragic. Um, so this was first discovered and co- coined by Nobuo Kurokawa, in 1991, and it continues to be a problem to this day. This is most prevalent among white-collar couples from the baby boomer generation who were born in the 1950s and 60s. So, our parents, basically. Mm-hmm. If our parents well, not our parents. were Japanese. We're not Japanese. We're not Japanese. But if we were Japanese, if we were our Japanese, parents would be irrevocably traumatized by, by a culture-bound disorder. Absolutely. As is, they just buy me weird knickknacks. That feels like a disorder in and of itself. They actually bought me a fairly lovely knickknack this time. It says, um, sometimes you're the pigeon, sometimes you're the statue. Oh. Yeah. I think they got it kind from of me blue, because it says blue colored folksy wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Referencing it doesn't, shit in a roundabout way. It doesn't way. say the word shit, but it implies it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's folksy and charming. Great. Um, to, that's a word that describes you. Um, folksy. So I mean, I was describing these... my parents. <laughs> also true. Not me. <laughs> so I am these occasionally cult- charming, never folksy. Never folksy. Fuck that. Um, with these couples, what's happening here is that husbands and wives typically led completely separate lives from each other, which is sort of by design in Japanese society with the baby boomer generation. Mm-hmm. And this has to do with gender roles and salaryman culture. So salaryman is a Japanese term that describes men who are paid by salary because duh wow wow inside of the Both fucking century the here this is basically anthropology they have to work for large corporations or in white collar bureaucratic jobs mm-hmm. in order to be salarymen so other salary jobs like doctor lawyer teacher accountant etc like don't count they're just mm-hmm. they're failures nobody wants them boo boo so being a salaryman is extremely prestigious yeah. for a long time this is sort of the doctor lawyer path of its time and for a long time, it was kind of the expected path for a young yeah. Japanese man from a certain social class. Not only that, but like you don't really move around when this in this. No, you absolutely don't. Work. move You around. don't shop around for like which employers you go to. You don't hop from job to job. You start at these companies as a young man, and then you're there with them until the day you retire. Traditionally, I mean, at least North America used to have job security too, but eh. now we all drive Uber part time. Yay, gig economy. Like, I'm a, I'm an Uber driver. You're an Uber driver. Everyone's an Uber driver. God, I hope I'm not an Uber driver. I have neither a car nor a full driver's license. I'm going do with rickshaw. It me. has a certain charm. <laughs> rickshaw drive. That's the thing here. You can do that. 
People keep giving me weird looks because of the whole, like, sweaty asthmatic thing, but, like, I'm making a go at it. You can be a rickshaw driver or, or you can go barefoot. You cannot have both. <laughs> for a long time, though, like, Not the a lot expected... Of customers. No. The expected life path in for a Japanese man was that you finish university, you get a job as a salary man, and then you do that till you die. That's sort of... Yep. Or you retire. You do get to retire. Um, and sort of not we doing this white work you to death. Well, we'll get into that. Um, Sometimes not doing you don't this die. made you a disappointment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but being a salaryman was more than a job. It was a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it carried this expectation that you give your whole life to the company. So they start work ridiculously early in the morning. They work insane amounts of overtime. And you're expected to socialize with your coworkers outside of work. Yes. Like, not it, going out for drinks with your coworkers is not just weird, it's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it is a social faux pas on extreme level. And this is not like, or it was. like yeah. a beer after work. That's no. not what this is. No, 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 no. This was drinking to excess routinely. This was, yeah. this was a part of socializing in this particular era. So you were going drinking or playing mahjong or going golfing. Um, people don't really play mahjong apparently anymore socially as much, but. The rest of it's Scandalous. true to an extent. It's true to an extent. The true moral decay of society is the decline of mahjong among salarymen in Japan. We mourn its passing. R.I.P. So some salarymen are actually worked to death. They drop dead from something called karoshi, which is death by overwork. Mm. So like the Japanese government started noticing that people in their 30s and even their 20s just sort of died sometimes from heart attacks when huh. you really shouldn't. Well, very weird. Yeah, after working crazy hours, like, for years, normally 12 plus hours a day, six to seven days a week, for years at a time. So yeah. the Japanese government, this is all, this whole culture-bound disorder has to do with a changing culture. So the Japanese mm-hmm. government has actually had to step in in recent years and sort of be like, fucking stop working yourselves to death. Yeah. Um, there Which was a couple is- of high-profile cases of Kuroshi that sort of made the country look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a 37-year-old bus driver who died of a stroke after working three thousand hours a year which just makes me feel tired and also lazy for 15 solid years without a single day off yeah i know i was like i didn't do anything today because i didn't feel like it and And you know what tomorrow's tomorrow's a monday and i'm not gonna do anything because i feel tired and i have a podcast to research like fuck yeah and it's one thing if like you just have like a weird statistical outlier with where like one person worked themselves to death like it's enough that the government changed laws, so I feel yeah. like it happens more. Yeah. There was a 22-year-old nurse who died like, of a heart attack after working five 34-hour shifts a month. In total, in Japan, for a long time, there were about an estimated, I think this is still continuing, there's an estimated 10,000 work-related deaths per year. Not all of those are going to be dropping dead of exhaustion. Some of those will mm-hmm. just be good old-fashioned smooshed by pallet, but you know. Yeah. Some of them are good. just, like, scattered and splattered, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ew. I didn't, I didn't need a nickname for that. That didn't need to be catchy. <laughs> uh, just in case, like, work-related deaths aren't depressing enough, there's also karujitsatsu, which are work-related suicides. Yay! So, like, you, I, I mean, Wait, if, you if you're not need... just gonna die from exhaustion, why not, why not die from despair? Kill yourself. Um, Woo! I don't, you don't need to come join me in my master's program to know that working that many hours is physically and mentally bad for you. It will and fuck you up. <laughs> especially because this isn't just sort of like, you're not passively standing behind a till for 12 hours a day. That sucks in its own right, but you're mm-hmm. under an insane amount of pressure. So when companies downsize during economic recessions, it's really difficult for them to not adjust their workload or sales goals. They just pressure the remaining workers even harder. You don't downsize your dreams. You just... Do just, it just with fewer like, people. 
you just deal with fewer people under way more constraints and way more pressure. And yeah. the kind of pressure that, like a pressure cooker, can eventually explode. Well, it's led to 60% of women in Japan being mentally ill. So Yeah. So. This whole, the, not, not the specific <laughs> thing, just the work culture. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also like, these are workplaces. And every workplace in every country, everywhere around the world, is petty and shitty and resembles a high school cafeteria. Yep. So there's a ton of bullying. There's lots of pressure to resign during tough economic times for the good of the company, and middle management workers have to choose who to lay off, which is incredibly stressful. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to fucking do that. And and J- Japanese society is quite formal, like at least in these, and especially in these. At kind least of in companies. this era, yeah. And at least in, and this in this era, and like except after work. The problem, also the problem, is that salarymen are expected to get drunk off their tits multiple days a week, yeah, which doesn't like, help. Binge drinking. On a level that, like... That you don't always want to do. No, like, when you're stressed out and, like, you're above the age of 20, like, you do not want... Like, you do not necessarily have the stamina, never mind the inclination, to binge drink, like, three or four times a week. So so this all adds up to around 8,000 possible work-related suicides per year in Japan. This is a total tangent now. This is just something... I'm not going to say fun. This is just something interesting I found while I was researching. Japan is one of the highest suicide rates in the industrialized world. Mm. And what's crazy about it is that the number of suicides per year in the country, which is 30,000, which is a lot, is staying the same even though their population is shrinking every year because they have a birth rate that resembles that of pandas. Suicide isn't taboo in Japan the way it is in the Western world. We don't want to fucking talk about it here, you know, ever. Ever. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline in Japan is so busy that at peak times, it takes an average of 30 to 40 calls to get through. Oh, that's not good. nuts. I used to work at a suicide prevention hotline, and, I mean, I spent a lot of time twiddling my thumbs and waiting for people to crank call me with sexual requests. You get a lot of sex calls if you work at a suicide hotline. And I would just like to say to all those people doing sex calls, just harass some telemarketers, okay? Just do something else. else. It's (laughs) so awful. I have. I cannot imagine. Like, be inappropriate elsewhere, please. Like, I don't. I I was like young and I go flash a clerk or something. Anything but this. (laughs) Well, every time I get one of these sex calls, I would just sort of like take it seriously as if it was a real client because I was like. 19 yeah, when i started yeah. doing this so somebody would like be talking me through this elaborate sexual fantasy and i think they're genuinely like in need of help and then all of a sudden i would hear a lot of like gasping and then the phone would go dead and then i would go home and shower until all my skin fell off there's <laughs> 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 always sort of that like moment of silence on the phone here like oh fuck yeah. yeah so that's suicide hotline work yeah i mean yeah. hey that kind of reminds me of the time it. where i like i got a i got a dirty call and like they couldn't tell what gender I was over the phone, so, like, they kept asking, like, what my- <laughs> They don't know how erotic this is. Yeah, they, they, they were, like, you know, like, they kept asking, like, what sex I was, and I'm like, what sex do you think I am? Then eventually, like, I'm just like, yeah, 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 I'm female, and then they're, like, clicked off immediately, and I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole life is confusing. <laughs> Apparently, I'm, I, I sound like a very attractive man. Nobody can tell what gender you are from either your voice or your picture on our logo. No, no. So that's been fun. We could post real life photos of ourselves on our page, but it actually wouldn't. It would not help. It would clear nothing up. Like I knew one dude in in college who apparently knew me for a month. This was when I still went by Jesse. Oh yeah, you did. You had a gender neutral phase. 
uh, I actually like the only like I only started to become known as Jessica after college because I tend to be very formal while introducing myself. But most people like instinctively tend to call me Jess or Jesse. I called you Jesse for a long yeah, time. Yeah, like people calling me Jessica is actually just a weird adult phase of mine. I, I normally go by gender neutral <laughs> names. Unfortunately, the reason why I started introducing myself as Jessica was because like there was just this one dude who for like about two months, I think, had just spent like he had only ever heard my nickname and he had just spent months hoping and praying for someone to use a pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> just someone anyone yeah. these are the kinds of fun stories that only you have <laughs> you're basically pat from snl uh, yeah. that's a reference that's beyond my i age mean group. i understood it so uh it's Perfect. definitely beyond your age group <laughs> awesome if i understand a reference it's way too dated <laughs> oh yeah it's super dated so back to japan at the same time, all this sort of salaryman, toxic work culture is happening, Japanese wives, this is all happening to men. Mm. Um, Japanese wives are basically treated like cooking and cleaning machines. Yeah. So Japan Household consistently servants. ranks, yeah, at least they were back in the day. Uh, Japan consistently ranks low in measures of gender equality, like really low. Like it's, it's not good. Quite low. So right now, they're just below Ethiopia and Nepal and they're essentially tied with Cambodia. I can't which is not I can't tell you if don't that's be tied really bad Cambodia. for Japan or really good for Ethiopia. <laughs> no, it's not good for it's Ethiopia. It's not good for anybody. <laughs> it's, it's not good for anybody. Nope. Um so it's getting better, but it, there's still a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um so although the relationships between these baby boomer couples kind of started out happy, what happened was that these couples led their lives as virtual strangers. Yeah, like they lived in entirely parallel streams. Yeah, they lived completely separate lives. They had their past just physically didn't cross that much. Yeah, and even when the they husband did, would be gone like, insanely long hours. Yeah, like they're gone insanely long hours. But even when you do talk to each other, how how, how well do you grasp the other person's reality? Like, I mean, the problem is, like, they're physically not talking to each other. So the husbands would typically leave before his wife gets up, mm. and he would come home after his wife went to bed. Oh, yeah. And he was doing this six to seven days a week. Yeah, so, like, this is even and, more extreme than, like, a lot of, like, gender segregation, where it's just, like, you can spend, like, a week never seeing your wife. Yeah, they just, they physically, for a lot of these, especially ones that were really entrenched in this, they just physically didn't see each other that much. And this would go on for 30 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. And it would get worse as the husband got moved up in his job. You know, you oh, yeah. start out with this happy marriage, and as he gets more and more responsibilities, and more he's and more, more and more entrenched in this work culture, men uh, in this culture would tend to resent their wives and families eventually, mm-hmm. because it, to them, their wives and families became something that interfered with work. Yes, which is, like, where most of their emotional connections and aspirations yeah their friendships friendships, their personal identity their personal identity that's where it was built on so you just have like this odd social obligation with these people who you barely understand and barely talk to yeah spending time with your wife and kids becomes sort of a burden Mm -hmm. so in essence what happened was that women stayed home and they lived their own lives they made all the decisions about the household because they had to and so men would go to work and he'd make all the decisions there that was his life she'd stay home she'd have her own friends her own life they just became separate people Mm -hmm. The problem was that uh, the baby boomers hit retirement age, yeah. kind of all at once. Yeah, yeah. And Wham. when they hit the Japanese retirement age, which is 60, there's a, sort of a mandatory retirement or a recommended retirement age, their lives as salarymen completely stop. Yep. Full stop. Urch. And they come home full time. 
And when that happens, culturally, what was expected was that the husband would take over the household management and then he'd start making all the decisions and the wife was expected to wait on him hand and foot. Okay, so, so basically, like, all of his normal social connections dissolve and then he's expected to take up a type of task that he has absolutely no training for and no familiarity with. Fuck, I've, I've lived in one apartment with the same guy for two years. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was, after two years, I was pretty defensive about where the towels went and where the bowls went. (laughs) And if somebody fucked that up, I would be, like, physically anxious about it. Like, I would just, I would, yeah, I would be fucking angry if somebody puts the bowls back in the wrong order. Mm. So, if you're doing this for 30 to 40 years, then some fucking asshole comes home and starts telling you how to vacuum. Yeah, like, that is a massive disruption. What groceries to buy and how you're gonna, what, when you're gonna fucking eat dinner. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna feel sick. Yeah, yeah. So this is literally where retired husband syndrome comes in. So wives are so anxious about their husbands retiring and basically rooting their uprooting their entire lives that it's making them physically ill. Mm. So in the months or even years before a husband retires, when he's approaching retirement age, women are going to the doctor reporting rashes, breathing difficulties, ulcers, high blood pressure, and depression. Oh, sounds like an average and weekend Japan, for me. Yeah, just oh, because your body is falling apart because you're cobbled together from corpse parts and lightning. I I, uh, I am I am a Frankenstein's monster, but like also I have psychosomatic illness, which is exactly what this is. Which is exactly what this is. So I mean, the word is actually in my notes. Spoiler. Whoop, whoop. Um, so in countries like Japan is one of those countries where depression is not necessarily socially acceptable. Mm suicide sort of is i guess this is another interesting thing i found out about suicide in japan is that like life insurance in japan this is actually a reason one of the reasons that japanese suicide is so high we're going off on a suicide tangent again explicit (laughs) welcome to the comedy this is where the laughs come in this is where the laughs come in so one of the factors in the japanese suicide rate is that life insurance in japan covers suicide which is i mean fucked yeah you probably, depressed people who are worried about their finances probably don't need a financial incentive to kill themselves. Probably yeah, like, a lot of our idea. audience is college age and probably don't have life insurance, but, like, life insurance in North America absolutely does not cover no. suicide. No. But it was such an, they had so many problems in Japan with people signing up for life insurance and then going home and killing themselves the same day that oh, companies have actually put... Yeah, they introduced a one-year clause into the contract. Mm. So you have to wait at least a year before si- after signing up to kill yourself or the policy won't pay out. So now there's rashes of suicides when your policy becomes due. This is not a solution. No, no, that's just delaying the wave of suicides. Yeah, that's, that's a delightful fact. The insurance just... company had to put in a one-year suicide clause. They're just like, can, can you just like wait a minute so we don't feel too bad about the fact that we're basically no, they want you to pay for the policy for the uh, yeah they want you to pay for the policy for a year yeah like at least pay us before you off yourself like that's not all that's not a solution yep we want no. at least a little bit of so. money out of your depressive state like that's not good <laughs> it's not good it's it's not good so but in countries like japan where depression is not socially acceptable it usually comes out in psychosomatic complaints You're so upset you are making yourself physically ill. Mm -hmm. To the point that these people are getting ulcers. And that what's making this more complicated is that most women don't want to admit that they have retired husband syndrome, which is a thing that's known about Mm -hmm. because it's so common. So they will hide it from their husbands, which makes the problem worse. Yeah. Like, because it it increases anxiety load. Well, also, like, if your husband knows about it, he can at least try to 
ease the transition. If he doesn't know, he's just going to fucking yep. come home and plop himself on the couch and you're going to go home and bleed from your stomach. Yeah, like not telling the person who's stressing you out that they're stressing you out is not a good way it's of bad resolving plan. the fact that they're stressing you out. No, which is why you should scream into your professor's faces every yeah, day just, or your boss. Just, just walk up to the person who causes you the most day-to-day anziety. Like, I don't know, your wife, your kids... Um, random yeah, bus driver Great. and just unleash an unholy screech. <laughs> Whose entire life pivots around the stress caused by a municipal bus driver? It gives me anxiety! <laughs> sometimes the they come guy. to like, they're supposed to leave at 33 minutes past, but sometimes they live at 32, those fuckers! <laughs> That's true. I missed a lot of buses by a minute. <laughs> <laughs> living in Edmonton. <laughs> That's okay. In New York City, they're a solid 22 minutes late, and you should bank on that. The the amount of, like, stress and pain the average bus driver causes is amazing. <laughs> and all I'm gonna have you hospitalized unknowing. when you visit me. Oh, yeah. When you visit me in New York, you're gonna be hospitalized. Oh, man. I can't wait for those <laughs> sweet, sweet, completely unsubsidized American hospital bills. Mmm. Mm. Delightful. Um, Don't die while so- you're in the States, okay? <laughs> I'm really trying. If I if I get into an accident here, me and my severed limb are getting on a plane back to Canada. Yeah, yeah. Because it's cheaper to buy a separate airplane ticket for my severed limb than to go to a hospital. <laughs> it is. It just is. <laughs> so some women who are experiencing retired husband syndrome turn to fairly unusual coping me- mechanisms. Ah, uh, like yes. I read about one fighting. woman not usually cage fighting. That's not that Those wasn't listed. Elderly I don't know, Japanese maybe. women just like taking out their rage. I would watch that, but. Um, no, there was one woman who would spend hours every day grooming her collection of 400 teddy bears. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not healthy. Mm. (laughs) So what makes this kind of worse is that divorce isn't really socially acceptable among this generation. (laughs) No. And up until 2007, women were actually not legally entitled to a share of their husband's pension if they divorced. So if these women who hadn't worked their entire lives got divorced, the only oh, source of fucked. income would be their monthly state pension, which was about $325 US, <sighs> which is literally impossible to survive on in a city like Tokyo. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, you can't even, like, but because, rent an apartment with that. Never mind no. eat food. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have to eat cat food, basically. Yeah. That is the so, cat food diet. <laughs> So because of retired husband syndrome, they had to change the divorce laws so that women can now get part of their husband's pension. But even before the change, divorce rates among the elderly skyrocketed mm. in response to retired husband syndrome. Divorce among baby boomers went up 26% between 1994 and 2004. That is a Which is a lot in a country spike. where divorce is shameful mm-hmm. and where you're going to have to eat ground up horse meat to survive. Yeah, like when, you're, when your option is like eating your own pets... Uh, or, like, staying with your husband, and people choose, like, sorry, Mr. Snuffles, uh, you're gonna have to take one for the team. Like, something <laughs> fucked up is happening. Something's fucked up. So, uh, even now, cu- couples who have been married 30-plus years have the fastest-growing divorce rate in Japan. Mm. I mean, the good news in all this is that the work culture is changing. So, more Japanese women choose to work outside the home and to not be housewives. Couples also have spend- are spending more time at home than they used to, because more and more working age people our age are now caretakers of their aging parents. Mm. So more and more working age people in Japan literally have to be home more because they have to take care of their elderly parents, especially if mom is divorced, I guess. Yeah. 
young people in general are sort of less keen on the idea of all this workaholic salary man thing because millennials ruin everything. Yep. So millennials Blame are it on killing us the salary again. man. Yeah, it's millennials. Sorry, um, sorry. See, I just read an article earlier today about how like millennials are ruining the, the Canadian beef industry. So I'm just like, I don't. What? Fuck it. If but you if can any industry buy goes it down, everywhere. I'm just going to assume it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I directly did it. Yeah, yeah. Every day, I just stand outside a big box retail store and I give it the middle finger until it closes. <laughs> incredibly, I'm just, I feel incredibly so powerful. Successful. Nothing really like wakes that sense of of authority and then watching a target close. Then watching a target close. <laughs> I just remember Absolutely. when I was like uh, ten years old and the, the the Kmart finally closed in Grand Prairie, and I was just standing outside of it, going like, "This is my destiny." <laughs> it's <laughs> a fire in your eyes <laughs> terrifying so because young people in japan millennials ruin everything uh young people are demanding shorter hours flexible schedules work-life balance more time with their families they want more opportunities to explore different career paths they don't really want to be on the same wah, wah. company i want to sp- form me, 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 an emotional me. bond with my children wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. so entitled <laughs> Um, they've had kind of mixed success at this, so it's it's a process. Companies are also sort of putting policies in place to prevent their employees from dropping dead, which is kind well, of them. Nice. <laughs> yeah, capitalism works. The system works. No, no, no. no this is a bottom dying. line thing. Turns turns out when your highly trained workers die, it's an inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, once people start dropping dead at twenty two on the job, then we fix eh. it. So they're trying to eliminate death and estrangement. So some of them have tried limiting overtime hours. Some companies have tried allowing telecommuting, um, shortening hours for employees who have children or elderly parents to take care of. Some companies just blast announcements over the office intercom at 7 p.m. every night, reminding employees to go home because their families miss them. (laughs) This is is not a joke. That's a a policy that at least one company has. Again, like... A humane yeah, the warning have been mixed. siren that like you, you are you are letting your family your, misses that you. Your family misses you, and they want you to. Your children Daddy, are come growing home. up without you. <laughs> Mommy, where are you? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Human tragedy. That's how we sell this. Um, so lots of employees have signed up for shorter hours, but like other employees will, are just underreporting their overtime, mm. and some people are literally just working in the dark after hours. So, you know. Again, it's a process. With any luck, though, this is a culture-bound syndrome that's on its way out. Mm. The country is very much aware that this is a problem. They're taking concrete legal steps to fix it. Um, Yeah, but, you know, cultures take time to change, but, like, they can do so. They can do it. I believe in all of Japan. I believe in you, Japan. As in, I Um, definitely think you exist. It's good, because Japan does exist. Really? Um, I thought Japan was just a, a story that my mother told me to make me go to sleep. Did your mom just read you an atlas every <laughs> night? Would that explain anything? Would that make yes. more sense to no, you? No, I don't even know. I've I nothing makes sense. Yeah. My mom bought me the the annals of the world for my for my thirteenth birthday. I think if you told me that your mom beat you in the head with an atlas every night as a child, that would actually explain more. <laughs> The last culture bound syndrome we're going to talk about is my favorite, and this is a disorder called Piblocto. You don't want to give your kid a this... concussion right before they go to bed. That's not safe, Janelle. You do it in the morning. Or ever. <laughs> 
It's actually a myth that you shouldn't let somebody sleep after they've gotten a concussion. As long as they are alert and fine and not drifting in and out of consciousness, they should sleep. Your brain is tired. Yes, it is tired. You genuinely... Because it is injured. (laughs) Yeah, because you just smushed it against the side of your skull. Yeah, and, like, if they are, like, fading out and going to, like, drifting off, like... Call a fucking ambulance. Call an ambulance. Keeping them awake will not help them. Like, this is just a sign that they are having a fucking problem. Like, I mean, you should be keeping them awake just so you, like, you can keep an eye, like, you can monitor their health. Like, it's not that, like, keeping them awake will will actually solve the fact that their brain's probably bleeding. Actually, you know what? Don't take concussion advice from a podcast. Just call an ambulance. Call an ambulance. (laughs) Especially don't take concussion advice from me. I've had a lot. (laughs) A lot of concussions. See, see, that explains a lot of things. (laughs) That one makes more sense. So as the person who's never had a concussion that I know about, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one. Um, so this disorder is also known as Pibloktok, which is a pronunciation I'm just kind of taking a stab at because even Jessica doesn't speak Inuit. I I do not. Um, that is one of the no. languages I do not speak. It's, it's coming. It's coming. I'll figure one. it out. Um, it's also known as Arctic Hysteria Syndrome. So this is a culture-bound syndrome that's unique to the Inuit people of the Arctic Circle, specifically Greenland, usually. Um, it's also controversial for a bunch of reasons we're going to get into, all of which are horrifying. Mm. Yay! Yay! So in essence, Piblocto is a culture-bound disorder where women usually perform strange or even dangerous actions and then have no memory of it after the fact. So it's a form of dissociative, ep- dissociative episode. Fun. Um, yeah, so this is believed Great to predate Western contacts. Amazing. As it didn't... It didn't really get into detail about what Watch they actually the amazing do. Watch the amazing woman. Strange or dangerous. <laughs> Strangerous. I'm good at words. Yeah. We're rewriting the lexicon as we speak. Absolutely. Um, so this is believed to predate Western contact with Greenland Inuit people, because um, while the American explorers who first documented the disorder were freaked the fuck out when these episodes started happening, the locals weren't phased at all. Yeah. They were just sort of like, yeah, yeah of course she just does that. Fucking back flipping through the village like that's just that's just what she does that's her thing oh you know nana um (laughs) this this syndrome was also seen in european people who became stranded in the arctic circle in the 1800s so it's not just documented among the inuit it's documented in that region the attacks are most common in the winter time and they generally happen at night and the Inuit don't really have an explanation for why this happens. Inuit spirituality involves a lot of animism and trance states, so dissociative episodes are just sort of written off as spirit possession, mm. which is the usual sort of fallback when you don't have an explanation. Yeah. Um, or they're or they're just sort of written off as a trance. Mm. Like trances are not a bad thing in every culture. No. In some cultures, they're sort of desirable. You should go take hallucinogenics in the woods until you see something yeah like like not every society like believes that like because you are because there's like a mysterious spirit of unknown origins and mysticism inside you doesn't mean that like you have been cursed or that like you are you are now like possessed in the way we tend to think of it also like not every culture blindly fears the mentally ill some cultures Mm -hmm. are like neat you have visions and you hear shit that's kind of fun cool <laughs> um the inuit are a chill people apparently yeah so among the inuit they're that sort a of pun no Excuse it was intentional you, only oh, i'm no. allowed to make puns oh, on this podcast no. i apologize that was bad <laughs> the inuit are really chill <laughs> um so among the inuit their preferred treatment is just sort of leave them be 
It'll pass yeah. eventually. Just leave him alone. She'll be okay. She'll stop doing kickflips any day now. <laughs> I don't know that this lasts for days. I think they were, even they would get a little alarmed if this was a like several day thing. <laughs> just weeks and weeks of just like doing ollies <laughs> off of ice flows. <laughs> you need a skateboard for that. I think <laughs> if, if, if the Inuit not have like whalebone skateboards they didn't in 1892 i guess not no <laughs> um so this order was first documented in 1892 by admiral robert peary who was an arctic explorer from the usa which is sort of unusual yeah there's a lot of grossness about the discovery oh you yawn i'm yawning fuck you're the it's worst infectious it is across countries mm. um there's some grossness about the discovery of this, which is sort of any time white people tromp into a village and start writing shit down. Um, yeah. Which is all the fucking time. Which is all the fucking time. So, Their world, various various ethnicities, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> um, I'm sorry we're assholes. These white men are dangerous. Um, so him and his the men- most accurate line from Pocahontas. Absolutely. <laughs> him and his men reported being entertained by the bizarre actions of women who had Pablocto. Um, what's sort of gross about this is that after they would send all the Inuit men away on missions and then Admiral Peary and his men uh, would, would alter... Would inspect the women folk? Uh, no, they would alter the gene pool of the Greenland Inuit population, Ugh. which they did Ugh. quite effectively. So, so, oh yeah, just, yeah there's, there's some... There's some blue-eyed Inuit kids running around in Greenland. So, Peary actually eventually took an Inuit wife, which was equally disgusting because he started courting her when she was 14. This The whole uh, thing is gross. This is gross. Uh, Peary uh, had living children in Greenland until uh, the 1980s, and he still has direct descendants who live on the island. We just... <laughs> many. It, it, the whole thing is nasty. So, there's controversy about whether this disorder actually exists. It is recognized in mainstream medical literature, but we don't really see it anymore. It's kind of gone yeah. away. So one theory is that it may have been the Inuit just being freaked out by the arrival of strangers. Some people get shy. Some people clam up. Some people, you know, backflip over a fire pit, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Light themselves on fire and jump into the ice. I don't know what they did. Yeah. Um, they think it may have been like that's always my response to like social anxiety you know like I just I get into a corner like someone asks me like if I want any if I, if I want anything to drink and then I stand and then on my I head just, and I start speaking in tongues yeah and then I just like launch myself physically over the buffet table <laughs> and perform feats of acrobatic mysticism <laughs> absolutely just spiritual parkour <laughs> Some people suggested that this was the Americans just fucking up and misinterpreting the local religion. They even, some people even suggested that the explorers completely made this up to explain the local Inuit women resisting their sexual advances. So, I mean, there's that. All plausible. Um, the thing is that it, it is found in other populations. It was seen in mm. European populations who went up into the Arctic Circle. So what the fuck is it? What is Pabloktok? Some documented cases of it are almost definitely epilepsy, which is sort of tragic. Yeah. It's also why you don't see it too much anymore, because you can treat that shit now. Mm -hmm. um, so, yay, victory for medical science. Woo. This could also be a reaction to the extreme patriarchy of Inuit society, where women roughly had the status of property. So, as we've already seen, lots of culture-bound syndromes come from the repression of women. You, when you don't have any rights, you start doing weird shit. Mm. Um, probably the most- You can literally oppress people to the point of making them mentally deranged. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> Whether or not you can make them fire dance, I don't know. Yeah. Inexplicable. We should test this. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's uh, not. Let's not. Do not oppress women just to make them do backflips. Absolutely not. Um, doctors have speculated that this might be caused or exacerbated by extreme cold temperatures and an extreme deficiency of vitamin D. So mm. remember, like most cases happen in the winter where in Greenland, there is 24-hour yes. darkness or almost 24-hour darkness. It could also be a response to just how fucking bleak it is up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like we would see it in Edmonton, actually, because we pretty much meet those requirements. No vitamin D, mm. bleak and cold. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons why, like, several, like, staple elements of the average Canadian diet are heavily supplemented with vitamin D. Yeah, the government that makes us said, put iron and vitamins in all of our craft dinner. All, all of our pasta Meddling. is heavily, heavily, heavily supplemented with vitamins from the Canadian government, because otherwise, like, the health we'd burden all, on the country would be horrifying. We'd all eat each Just other. A, we, we, would, we would eat each other. Like, people would literally go insane. Like... Edmonton is already to the point where, like, the vast majority of, like, seasonal workers and students, like, people who are not outside a significant portion of time during the winter, like, they should be on vitamin D supplements. They should have, Most like, people a, are. There should be a sad lamp in every house. There are. There's there's seasonal affective disorder lamps, like, all over the university. You can just sort of park mm-hmm. yourself in front of one until you want to live again. Yeah. But, yeah, vitamin D can fuck you up. Big time. But I think, actually, the most credible and most interesting theory about Pablock Talk, or what we describe as Pablock Talk, is vitamin A poisoning. So, Oh, people yeah. eating bears? Yeah, don't eat bears, as it turns out. That's a bad idea. Mm. It's, it's pretty well documented that excess vitamin A makes your brain swell up. And long-term Yay. brain swellage is not good for you. Brain don't, swelling! It's not good. Um, so long-term oh, man. excess I vitamin going A. Out the, going out to the woods and just swelling my own brain. It's so the only way to get rid of real high. That's the shit. Long-term <laughs> excess vitamin A can cause permanent psychiatric illness, delusions, hallucinations, amnesia, and strange behavior. Not fun. Don't do it. This is not... I mean, it can be Don't, fun, don't. recreational brain swell because it'll fuck up your life. It will. Um, it will Inuit destroy diets, you. Yeah, Inuit people eat one of the highest diets in vitamin A because their diets are extremely high in organ meat. Mm-hmm. The Inuit traditionally eat an almost completely meat-based diet. Yeah, and, and if you eat a lot of liver, you're getting a ton of vitamin A. Especially Actually, some polar species. Bears yeah, polar are, bears are vitamin B, I think, but it's it's also bad. Yeah, like, well, Don't they, eat have, they actually have enough livers. vitamin A in their livers that if you eat a polar bear liver, it You'll will die. poison you. <laughs> You'll die, yeah. You'll get vitamin A poisoning. Mm. So to this a would ex- fatal degree. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll actually kill you in large enough doses. Uh, so this would explain why 19th century explorers stranded in the Arctic developed the same disorder because they were eating the same foods because there's literally nothing else. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a lot of agriculture up there. No, in the permafrost, not a lot of arable land. Up no, in the north. <laughs> this would also explain why Pabloktok is also seen in the Inuit's dogs. There are very yeah. strange dogs who live in who lived in this region at this time would also have weird behavioral episodes. Yeah, so it's... Brain swelling? Woo, brain swelling? No, recreational brain swelling will kill you. <laughs> and I do believe that, Don't like, do brain swelling, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> no, like, it'll also, like, make your skin peel off, so don't do it. 
You literally lose just huge tracks of skin. I'm a potato. Ab- no, this is not. No part of this is fun. We're not here to advertise. We we did an episode where we advertised heroin dealing. We are not going down this road with vitamin A poisoning. Yeah. It, Don't it's, it's, fucking it's, it's do really it. a shame. Like I doubt we're ever gonna get you know like you know big 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 vitamin A poisoning. Big 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 involuntary That's not an industry. brain damage. Industries where everybody refuses. dies of lack of skin is not. Yeah, like, they're just refusing to sponsor small independent podcasts. I was actually looking at signing us up for, like, an advertising campaign through one of uh, the services that hosts us. And it was like, all right, we're looking for blogs on, or podcasts on Christianity, parenting, or sports. I was like, well, Hmm. unless murder's a sport, well, we're fucked. (laughs) I mean, it could be. It's not a sport. (laughs) It is not a sport. We are so on... Numerous I'm not saying it's not lists. fun. I'm not saying it's not fun, but it is not a sport. Half of this podcast is recorded <laughs> in the states now, so we are definitely on the NSA's radar. We are on so many lists. We are on so many lists. Many many lists. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, you that know, th- th- we we probably have more people in the government listening to us than we have actual podcast listeners, which is depressing. <laughs> I'm sad now. I would just like to tell Chad from the NSA. I hope you're, like, I, I'm going to send you some swag. You're a big fan. I love you. <laughs> this is weird. You have NSA friends. That you... <laughs> NSA I'm pen pals. Just, That's kind of fun. I'm actually just hoping that there is, in fact, an NSA contractor named Chad who does listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, that has been my piece on culture bound disorders. Ooh, that's fun. Isn't that fun? It's fun when Janelle picks the topic. Yeah, I'm going to go do some polar bear lever and just get myself absolutely crunked while I wait for my husband to retire and I and and for my new new litter of puppies to be born. So in other words, this has been the last fat french and fabulous because you're going <laughs> to die. My is going to explode. That's gross. This is why our parents don't want to live in the same province as us. I don't know. My parents might like the the nice weather here. They could probably use more sunlight, (laughs) seeing as they technically live within the Arctic Circle. Hooray! Oh yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, Grand Prairie once hosted uh, the Arctic Winter Games. Mm, Just in that sweet little spot between the Arctic Circle and the tree line. That's where where all the action happens. Yeah, that's where stuff gets spicy. Not hot, though. Not hot. (laughs) It is very chilled. Lukewarm at best. Well, uh, this has been Fat French and Fabulous. We hope you have enjoyed yourself. We do, always. Uh, signing off, I'm Jessica. I'm Janelle. Still Janelle. Always Janelle. Janelle forever. Janelle. Vive Janelle. <laughs> Janelle. Tomorrow. Janelle. I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i trying to do the Hunger Games thing. I'm fucking this up. Point is, I'm still Janelle. She's still Jessica. We're still Fat Femton Fabulous. And we will see you next week. All right, we made it through another week of Fat, French, and Fabulous. Thank you so much for listening. If you like Fat, French, and Fabulous and you want random strangers from around the world to enjoy Fat, French, and Fabulous, then you have got to leave us a review. They really help us out. They help people find the podcast. If you've got time and you enjoy us, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever it is you like to review your podcasts. If you haven't subscribed to us already, you can do that. Again, iTunes, wherever podcasts are available, we're probably there. You can also follow us on all of the social media. You can follow us on Facebook at Fat French and Fabulous. You can follow us on Twitter at Fat French and Fab. It is highly recommended. 
And if you like us, you can follow us individually. I am on Twitter at VeryBadLlama, and Jessica is on Twitter at IAmNotAlungFish. Other than that, uh, all you can do is sit tight till next week. We'll have your next episode. Thank you so much.